This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome everybody to the last match day 21-22 season episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Uh, not a good day all round, not least because a certain other team managed to pull off the impossible, but maybe we'll talk about that uh, later. But I'm afraid we didn't end the season on a high note, that extension of the uh, unbeaten run to six. It didn't happen. The final score, at whatever Huddersfield Stadium is called these days, it was Huddersfield 2, Bristol City 0. Joining me, as always, Ian and Mark. Uh, I watched the game today, but I wasn't. it didn't get my full attention. I'll come to you first, Mark. Just a quick summary on it from your perspective. Well, despite making six changes, uh, Huddersfield didn't take it easy, uh, much to uh, my upset. I thought that they might do because they were guaranteed a playoff place. But they're a team that employ a 3-5-2 to great effect, getting the wing-backs in the game. And despite City having early pressure with a couple of shots uh, on target, Huddersfield grew into the game, got two goals at the end of the first half and finished the game very comfortably by sitting in letting City have lots of possession and hitting them on the break. It was a bridge too far against a team that lost just two of their last 26 matches. Uh, food for fault there. They finished 20th last season. They've turned it around under Carver's Corbran, only getting 49 points last season, this time finishing on 82. So there is food for fault. If you uh, use the transfer market well, City may be in a position to uh, start climbing the table next season, but lots of work to be done. Yeah, no, good summary there, Mark. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Ian? I mean, that was a typical Bristol City away performance that we've seen so many of for, I'm going to say, it, the last four years, yeah? Yeah, and unfortunately, um, it keeps happening. And what we need to do, I think the key thing we need to do is, is clear out every central midfield player at the club. I don't think there's any there that are worth keeping. Um, we need to find out who's going to be here uh, come July the 30th. And that means who's going to sign contracts. In terms of the day-to-day, 
the only plus points were seeing Duncan Idahan and George Tanner on the field. Um, I thought it was a very poor performance, showing once again that we can't play in possession. Uh, I thought there was a lack of leadership, a lack of adventure, uh, a total lack of creativity. And I don't think I've, I've rarely seen a side that crossed the ball and passed the ball worse than we did. And I'm talking about a Bristol City team that crossed the ball and passed the ball worse than we did. We were mm. at some of our crossing today, beggared belief. So yeah. um, a poor season, a poor ending to the season. And I think the big, um, the big difference um, in Huddersf- what Huddersfield and let's name the teams Huddersfield, Luton and Forest have done is they've changed their manager to good effect. Uh, their Forest and Huddersfield particularly are well coached and we're not. And changes may need to be made in that department. Mm, interesting you say that, Ian, because, you know, I don't, I think, I think uh, Nigel Pearson's called the, uh, the, the Lansdowne's family's bluff by saying, well, you get rid of me, the problems are still here. So I think they are, I think he's still going to be in charge at the start of the season. And oh, know, so, do, pretty, so do I, I don't think, yeah. they're, I don't think, I think he's got, I think he's got until the I'm World just... Cup. Yeah. I think he's got until the World Cup break, to be honest. That's what I think. I think know, that World Cup uh, break could see an end to uh, a lot of managerial careers, to be honest. Um, it's at the end of September, isn't it, begins? Uh, no, it's a bit later than that. I think it's probably a good... It's probably a 14 games into the season, so a third of the season gone. And you just know it with Bristol City that if we did start the season well, we'd come back like we did after lockdown and play out of crap. All right, um, like we did in 2020. Ian, Mark... Um, I said I don't want to go through a piece by piece uh, analysis of the game today because I want to talk about there's quite a bit to talk about really. But the two goals, I'll come to you on the two goals as well, Ian. But how did you see those two goals, Mark? You commented that, as I felt as well that City started the game reasonably brightly with a little bit of purpose, yeah, and a couple of half chances. But uh, all too familiar the goals again, weren't they? Yeah, the usual stuff. Too passive in 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 midfield with Masengo and James. Once, uh, once Huddersfield squeezed the game, and they were just very compact all over the pitch, filling it, filling in holes. And and the first goal, I mean, uh, what we, what we tended to do was push push the centre backs up the pitch, and uh, closer was beaten too easily, and that just left uh, Alex Scott and Rob Atkinson, and um, Toffolo managed to squeeze between them both. He got a little bit of a deflection, but of course, he, he what he did was he took a chance. He pushed the ball through two players, and he went for it. You know, they had that that desire. That was their left wing back had a desire to push the ball through two two defenders, follow it on, and he finished really well. And the second goal, I mean, they, we are uh, the second goal. I mean, they were finishing the half strongly. And our, uh, our our centre backs again got exposed, uh, and Pippa was the thing is confusing the BBC website. I mean, it's Alvea, but they called him Pippa, right down uh, down the right hand side, just crossed crossed uh, passed it to uh, Holmes, who crossed it in, and Ward bundled it. it. Basically, Ward tried to slide it in. I think it hit Atkinson, and then his momentum carried it over the line. Yeah, even Atkinson, though and went Scott over the line. tried to Scott, Scott tried to stop it, but the ball was already over the line. It was another soft goal, a yeah. typical conceded Bristol City a goal. Typical Bristol City goal, and in between both of those, it was a stunning save by Dan Bentley because I think 
as I say, I had I had one and a half eyes on the game today. Uh, but Dan Bentley certainly pulled off two good saves that uh, I saw. And again, how many times have we said, but for him, they might have got a few more. Ian, the goals. Well, the, yeah. yeah, sorry, Ian, the goals all too familiar uh, to what we've been letting in, number 76 and number 77 this season. Yeah, and, and that's a, that's one area that we need to look at. I mean, we are, um, I'm going to use the word blessed, but not necessarily, with six centre-backs. And if you count the younger lads that we just signed, we've actually got nine or ten. Hmm. Um, so we need to find out who's going to sign, who's going to be here. Um, we've now picked up 11 points out of the last 51 uh, away from home, in our last 17 games, which is pretty pathetic. Um, and once we decided what we've got, I'd be prepared to say, well, uh, are we going to, what are we going to do out of my set numbers, you know, five out of 10, stay in division, six out of 10, lower mid table, seven out of 10, top 10, eight out of 10, you're in the playoffs. Um, I, at the moment with the, the players that we've got and the squad we've got, um, I think survival would be the best we could hope for next season. Uh, because, as I said, I don't think we don't look a well-coached side. Um, and uh, we don't look... Well, that's like identity. That's identity, isn't it, Ian? We've said that all the way along. Yeah. You know, what is well, our we're, identity? We're a counter-attacking team. We can't play in possession. So any side that comes and sits back and it's us on the break... We're susceptible. I mean, having said that, Huddersfield had 50% possession today and you got the feeling if they wanted to have more, they could. And in fairness, he did, you know, it's all right saying, well, they're a really good team. He made six changes today yeah. in the last game. So, But despite, despite that, those, those those replacements were at their backside off. They, they, they defended from, from back to front, didn't they? So that's a difference. Yeah, but that's, my, that's my point. They're well coached, but they're well organised. When there was a shot mm. of Corbin on the side, he kept holding his hands apart and pushing his hands together, saying, stay compact, stay mm. solid. Mm. We were, for both the goals, we were absolutely wide open. And all you had to do was chip the ball over the wing-back's head, and neither of our wing-backs were good enough. Um, you need to chip the ball over the wing-back's head. Uh, you pull the, the centre-backs out wide, and they're in miles of space. Uh, and then we conceded goals, once again, two from crosses. So we've gone back to not being able to defend crosses yep. again. All right. So Let me just it, bring... it needs a complete re- a complete reorganisation um, d- down uh, uh, down there, and, and we're sounding, to be honest, uh, we're sounding a bit pleased with ourselves again, and I don't think we should be. It's not been a good season. No, no. We I think somebody said we consolidated ourselves in seventeenth. Neil's made a point here. Um, Neil Sutton, he's I say he's travelling back on cat. Uh, coach one and he said they didn't let us counter-attack today at any stage they were very good defensively Saar and Colvin in particular with Russell in midfield they are in the playoffs two losses in 26 and top of the form table we're not a bad team because of losing to them today they were just better yet I agree with you there that they are better and results don't lie uh, Neil but you know have we ever shown that desire in enough games in the 62 matches, no, 66 matches that um, Nigel Pearson has been in charge, of which he's lost 32, a statistic, as you might have guessed, provided by uh, Mark uh, Carter. Um, back to you, Mark. Um, Eamon Benarus, another bloody injury in training. Unfortunate or symptomatic of still issues up at the hamstring uh, probability centre? 
<laughs> oh, who knows? I'm, I don't know what caused it, but I feel absolutely gutted for, for Eamon. I mean, uh, you know, like Alex Scott just showed total commitment on the pitch. He's really looking forward to next season with his energy. Uh, you know, in, in uh, left midfield as a utility player, but probably as an attacking midfield player, as a, as a number eight type player. You know, you, you, that's what you want when a real star that who, who needs another good season to really, you know, make his impact in Championship football. And he's probably not going to be out till Christmas, so that's going to set him back a little bit. But he's the good thing is age is on his side; it shouldn't finish his career. And let's hope he comes back strongly. So, uh, Eamon, if you're listening, uh, thank you very much, and <laughs> get get better soon. And we're all uh, we're all rooting for you. Yeah, Ian, again, you know, it's happening all too often. I mean, today, Williams' absence, you know, is that, and I, I'm guessing when you say about clearing out the midfield, it's just he's he can't be relied on to probably even do 30 games a season. Yeah, but, you know, he, he's out injured. Um, and then Benarus, what the hell is going on up there? Well, nobody was near Eamon when he got that injury, so he didn't do it. Tackling it must have it been wasn't it wasn't contact twisted. right okay no um, and the the thing about Alex Scott is he he's got to get some discipline in his game and stop picking up these yellows because he's got twelve yellows this season mm. um, so it means every, every he's going to get suspended if he gets the timing wrong he's going to get suspended three or four times a season that's on top mm. of if he's out with an injury or anything like that so Alex got to do that. We've said we, we've done the Alex Scott at right, right wing back, and they were even saying he was playing out of position on Robin's TV today. So um, I think it's fair to say it is. And, and to pick up on Neil's point, I'm not saying we're a poor side because we lost to Huddersfield. I'm saying we're a we're a poor side because of, of the, our record where we finished. We were talking about 17th. It had been 18th if Derby hadn't had a points deduction. Yeah, and we've picked up 11 points out of 51 away from home in our last 17 games. There have been too many unacceptable performances, and that wasn't yep. a terrible. Well, I, I think it was very good. No, it was. It was not a great but performance, it wasn't, but it wasn't it, like we played it at Sheffield United away, for example. That where we no. were absolutely appalling. But yeah. there have been eleven or twelve of those unacceptable performances. That's this season. Yeah, no, so you're right, I'm, and I mean, whilst I, I, I'll say there's same. an improvement. There's an improvement on last. Uh, there's an improvement on last season. Last season was appalling. So yeah. being better than appalling isn't, I'm sorry, isn't good enough. Well, you've uh, got to and, look and at I'm, points I'm, as well, because how many I'm, did we get last season? Was it 52 and this season 55? So 55. 50? Yeah. Yeah. So, so th- no, that's last season we got 51. 51. So we've made a, that's an improvement. Whichever way you look at it, it might alter, you know, we've gone up maybe a position or two. Okay, partly because Derby had points deducted and what have you, but it's it's a marginal improvement. And as you say, when you yeah. look at the Lutons, the Lutons and the Forest with the managerial changes and the better coaching, yeah, okay. I mean, if Huddersfield, Huddersfield don't go up, if Huddersfield don't, and Huddersfield, if Huddersfield don't go up through the playoffs, um, are they uh, going to do a Barnsley and fall right back down? We just don't know, but it would be nice to see some positivity. Mark, um, with Benarus being out, I looked at the bench. Manager says there's nothing wrong with Cameron Pring, but he still doesn't make the 18. Are we are we being you know, given it, we've been given all the background on this because you'd have expected him to at least be in the 18 today, surely. 
I, I to be quite honest, I just don't. I just don't know. I know he. Um, I know he didn't have a. But yeah, didn't have it. Yeah, went missing at Swansea, and I think there was another game after that. But he's been no worse than some of the other players. He's been quite. I think when he played against Sheffield United, he, he looked pretty decent when he when he played then. You know, mm. down the left, quite direct. I think it was Sheffield United. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but. I don't, you know, I don't see why why he's out of the 18, you know, he hasn't rested players, has he, Nigel Pearson? So, where's he gone? Is he, he's still under contract, isn't he? So, there's no, yeah. uh, there's no uh, thought, of him, thought of him going, like, you know, like maybe Zach Viner, who's been totally out of the picture. So, I just haven't got a clue. Yeah. I mean, what do you quite, think, Ian? surprising. What do you think, Ian? I mean, Nigel's given us his usual, well, it is it is what it is, you know, and he's had a tough season. He's a 24-year-old lad. Now, I do think in a number of games, particularly when he plays in that advanced role or where he's called to get forward, he's puffing after 70 minutes. So, again, there's a fitness issue. But, you know, when you're, you're, you're Benarus, who's been playing at left wing back, is out, you would have expected him to be in the 18 or not? Are we just trying to make a mountain out of a molehill with that? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think he should be in the squad, um, at the very least. Because um, he's versatile, isn't Silver's, he? Well, I, I think he's a versatile left wing back or left back. I, I right. don't see him... I mean, at a push, he could play as a left winger in a 4-5-1 or a 4-2, but... Um, uh, but he's he's tall, he's strong. Um, he's another one that has been affected by being played out of position as a left centre back, which he isn't. So, um, for me, I, li- I like him as a player. Uh, I don't think Jada Silva gives you enough in the final third as an attacking player in terms of crosses or goals or assists. And I know people will be saying, oh, well, he got a goal at Stoke. But let's be honest, it was his jammy as hell and completely miss it. So, um, but, you know, I, I think if you looked at those two as left wing backs in this current, because we have to talk about the current formation. We can't dream up formations we're going to play. Um, I think those two are acceptable. And I wouldn't be looking for us to sign a left wing back in the same way as I'd be looking for us to sign a right wing back. Yeah, I, I made a mistake, by the way. Cameron Pring, his last game was against Bournemouth. He hasn't played since then. The game threw up something for me today, both of you. Uh, I mean, the, the the ease in which teams play through us in midfield. If we're mm. playing, if we're playing three five two, uh, well, we play three four one two. Can we really afford, afford to play with what is effectively a three four three? Let's face it. Uh, Vyman's playing as an additional striker. Can we can we really afford to do that to be as defensively sound? Well, that's what we were saying last week. Body? That's what we yeah. were saying last week, well, Mark. We need... that, you know, what Vyman, Martin, and Semenyo is a potent strike force. But you know, the fact of the matter is, we've let in seventy-seven goals. And yeah, I have and to say, at, we I talked before say... the yeah, we talked before what? the game, didn't we? That Huddersfield scored two more goals on us, but they conceded thirty less. That's the difference. 30 goals less. They conceded 47. We conceded 77. Yeah. So we're playing a formation. We're potent, but we, you know, we're leaking goals. And, and yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? That yeah. Should we be more defensively sound? Well, that's what we would like to scrap a few 1-0 wins and 1-1 draws away from home. And then we might get more than 11 out of 51, as Ian has just alluded to with our away form. Liam on here said we had Tanner and Idahan on the bench today. Don't really need three defenders on the bench. Yeah, that's fair comment, because Tanner can play on the right. 
Idahan can play on the left. So, yeah, you can leave uh, Pring out on that basis. So, uh, that's uh, that, that is um, fair comment. Yeah, so I'm coming to you next, Ian. Yeah, I'm coming to you next. Um, and make that point. In addition, though, Ian, I'm going to say, why didn't what, what was the point? It's not like we could have jumped a couple of places by winning today. What was the point of persisting with Chris Martin up front in that three today when you could have given Tommy Conway a run out? Yeah, even if you'd have had Martin on the bench. Now, he didn't come on because of injuries and whatnot, but your point that you wanted to raise, but then come back to me on why not Conway? You know, give the lad yeah. 90 minutes or 70 minutes in a meaningless fixture. I would have, I would have started uh, Conway in, in, instead of Martin today. I'd have also played uh, Josh Hours in midfield uh, instead of Andy King. I, th- I thought, I mean, if, if, if Andy King gets another contract, I'm going to be sending me season ticket back. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, but the, the stats I wanted to give, if you if you look at yeah, Bristol City as yep. a club, and some of these are quite, um, they surprise me anyway. Our average attendance was 19,033. That's down 13% on the previous season with fans in. Um, but it's still the ninth highest in the championship. So our season home form is 18th. Our season away form is 19th, although that may have dropped because I did this after the last home game. What, with seven wins, it's 19th? Our our season away form is 19th. Yeah, we were 19th in the table on away form only. That may have dropped down after today. Uh, Goal scored, we're the fifth highest, or or were before today. Um, Goals conceded, we're the third highest, so there's only two teams that have conceded more goals than us, and one of those has gone down. And in terms of clean sheets, we were 22nd, and that would have improved after today. So that's, you know, so we're the 18th best team at home and the 19th best team away. Um, So, But the real surprise was the amount of goals we scored, because at the start of the season, I worked out, Every player's average goals, and, and yeah. we were down to score about forty-three. Yeah. Um, so th- that is something that really has surprised me this season. And we just got to hope that uh, Andy Vyman repeats his efforts uh, next time around. If he's here, of course, because I've been banging on for a few weeks now that uh, somebody might come along and uh, whisper in his ear and say, we can get your wages back to better than what they were before you took the pay cut. And if a player wants, we know a player wants to uh, leave a club, very rarely do stand in their way, not least if if the price is right. All right, I want to come on now to uh, somebody who was in his 70th appearance uh, of... uh, his career at Bristol City, who allegedly, I haven't seen the pictures, but he was in tears at the end. Crocodile tears. Yes, I'm talking about Hanoa Masengo. Uh, Mark first. Um, Hanoa, lovely guy, right? He's been cut a lot of slack because he doesn't get a lot cut when he goes to the Barbers, you know, because he's a character player, right? But realistically, right, what has he ever done? 70 appearances, right? couple of assists this season and no goals yeah lovely bloke but you don't win championships with lovely blokes so Hanoa Masengo crocodile tears if he if he's that sorry at leaving sign a bloody contract sign a bloody contract if you're so sad to be going am I being harsh Mark no I mean I'm I'm absolutely flabbergasted that we were we were supposedly offered eight million by 
by Watford last didn't say summer. What currency he that didn't, was in. He didn't, didn't look. Yeah, he didn't look. Yeah, yeah. Zlotys, I expect. He didn't. I mean, you think he would be worth one million now? I mean, he he was getting caught in possession a lot at the start of the game. He made a minor impact at the end of the first half, yeah. but. You know, we lost the ball. Neil deep. said, "Sorry, Mark." Neil said, "Scott took the yellow because of a bad mistake by Masengo." But sorry, Mark, carry on. But you know, he was him and he was getting caught in possession. I mean, what he's got is power. He can he can turn the ball over, but he can't really tackle. You know, he can push it past players, and he's got bursts of energy. But he just really flatters to deceive, and, and he joined us with real promise, and was probably about two stone lighter because he's really worked on his upper body strength, but. Like I said, in three seasons, no goals, two assists, one against Millwall, I think, in a 3-2 win, and the assist for uh, Semenyo up at, up at Preston when we were 2-1 up and we, when we should have won. And that that's it. it. It's not good enough. And him and James, again, today were just too passive. And I agree with Ian. We need more aggression in there. Whether it's going to, I mean, that aggression would be offered by... Uh, it would be offered by Joe Williams if he was ever fit, and he's you know picking up another injury today. He just got to think, crikey! What, well, he picked it know? up a fortnight. He picked it up last Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, so you know, uh, well, he, well got, a door, got what, put his foot in the door or something. Did he went probably? The door. So I mean, it's just, like it's just to. I mean, it just it just defies belief, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you but think Masengo, James and you know, Masengo, we... they're not going to take us no. anywhere. Masengo, no. I I don't mind him. I don't mind him going because I think they'll be better out there. There's, there'd yeah. be better players out there who, who can. I mean, John Russell, who was playing for Huddersfield today, joined them from from uh, Chelsea under twenty three in the summer. So they got him for nothing. And they got a few other players for nothing as well. And that Dwayne Holmes didn't pull up trees at Derby. Joined them from Scunthorpe. He's an he's an American today. He looked he looked fantastic. But you could just see where the effort of players like that midfielders who were tracking back and working so hard. And they didn't have space. to because their playoff place was yeah. secure. You know, but they're, whatever. They're, they're fighting for they're fight, yeah, but they're fighting for places in the playoff team, aren't they? Oh, so those that's what it's all about. In. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. Right. That's the difference. But Masengo, yeah, I don't care if you leave. You don't want to sign the contract. Get on the uh, the ferry back to France. Sorry, HNM, but uh, you know, there's no room for sentiment. No, Ian, um, you've pointed out for a long time now, Masengo, no goals, and he's got a couple of assists. Uh, the fans have cut him a lot of slack because he's probably, I'll call it, he's not even the show pony that Casey Palmer is, but Masengo, and he's got far more work rate than Casey Palmer, and that's what differentiates him. But in terms of ability to affect the game, as good old Gary Johnson used to say, he hadn't done it, has he? And he's not showed the promises that he, the promise that he did in, I'll say, the opening half a dozen games when he arrived here three years ago. You're talking about Masengo? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say we, we brought him in. We turned him into Robocop. Um, he's lost a lot of his technical ability uh, in, in putting on muscle. Um, he, he, I mean, he, he's had some very good games. He was absolutely outstanding at Preston. But About 10 games ago now, Ian, though. He hasn't had a good game since. Yeah, yeah but I mean, what you've got, I, I think what you've got to realise with Han is I don't think it was crocodile tears. I think he he genuinely likes the fan base and all the rest of it. Well, why not stay there? The problem, well, because he's he's um, he doesn't play very he doesn't play regularly. Um, he's played very well at Preston, and I think I'm right saying the following game he got dropped. 
So he probably doesn't feel that his career is going to progress under Nigel Pearson would be my guess. Um, and uh, you have to remember with a lot of the lads down there, they're not Bristolians. So they haven't got the affinity with the club that, that you and I have got or some of the lads that have been brought up here. Like, I mean, Eamon Benarus would be a classy example. He's been at the club since he was a baby and he's a Bristolian. So, um, he might be looking to move on. We didn't get an 8 million bid. If we got an 8 million bid from Watford, uh, from a Sengo, he'd have been out the door with our financial situation. That, so that's just a, uh, that's an urban myth. Um, yeah, I think you're right there, Ian. Was, I think you're 100%. Was right. he worth, was he worth now? Two million. Uh, Top whack. I don't know. I wouldn't have said so. What it depends is how many players want him. He's, he's only young. How many clubs want him? Um, yeah. He's, he's got some promise, and it'll be the same as Masengo, but uh, Masengo Semenyo. If they if we can start a bidding war for Antoine, and somebody it's the magic twenty million mark, um, then be off. he will have to go out. He'll be off, he'll be out the club, and so will anybody else for that kind of money because of where we are now. My my fear then is good luck to the lad if he wants to go, but my fear then is what, what are we going to do with the money, with the recruitment team we got? Because I just don't think they're up to, they're, they're up to snuff. None of them. Actually, I'll have, to pick you, I'll have to pick you up, Ian, because Masengo did play the game after Preston uh, against Blackpool, which is best forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, Mark, you know, the point is, he's not... If Joe Williams had been fit today... I don't yeah, think he'd have started, and I think he, I think he knows that, and that's why I said clear out all the central midfield. And when somebody said, "Well, Alex Scott's a central midfield player," I wouldn't clear him out, but I, I'd play him ten or not play him, uh, or I might play him as an eight in a three-man central midfield. But I don't think we, there's not two players at the club who can play in a two-man central midfield against good teams. Uh, again, you know, and I'll call that top six or eight because I just don't think. Uh, if we dominate possession, we don't know what to do with the ball because we haven't got anybody in there in the midfield who scores goals and is creative. I mean, Joe Williams has played 110 games in his career and scored two goals. Hmm. So yeah. Matty James has played 31 games this season. He's got one goal and three assists, and he takes all the set pieces. I know, so, I know. It's you, like I'm, I'm you, the oldest statesman. I got to take all the dead balls when we know that Alex Scott can deliver. I mean. Uh, Dead ball situation. Yeah, but he doesn't think wow. his, his, cross, his crossing in his passing today has been terrible. And his corners, when James went in the side, already reached the near post. So I'm not going to yeah. have the okay. Alex Scott is, uh, is wonderful at set piece ish spiel because, of, frankly, I just haven't seen it. I hope he develops and he's brilliant, but let's start being a bit realistic here. Yeah. Um, Liam's put on here. Uh, Mark, uh, I'll come to you first on this. Marlon Pack coming back, right? So if Marlon comes back, God help us. No, not God help us if Marlon comes back because it's not a bad signing. But, you know, if we lined up the opening game of next season with a midfield two of Matty James and Marlon Pack because Joe Williams has got injured in pre-season, you wouldn't be surprised, would you, knowing what we're like? Huh? Yeah, I mean, he's what is he? Uh, he's he's been away for a couple of seasons, hasn't he, Marlon? It's um, it, it cut. Well, is it three? I think yeah, I think he went away in the nineteen twenty season, didn't he? Uh, just right at the end of the transfer deadline. And Masengo, we brought Masengo in for him, didn't he? Because he got we, we got the offer. From Adam Naj. Adam Naj was brought in for him. Sorry, Adam Naj. It was yeah, too good to be. Hanoa yeah, so came brought... here in summer twenty nineteen because that's how he's done his three years. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think Marlon's last game was against Leeds, wasn't it? First game of the season in in, in right, nineteen twenty. Yeah. But it wouldn't be awful. But, I mean, is it going to take us anywhere? I mean, it's just a sign of City stagnating, really. Turning turning into somebody. Well, why not bring Corey Smith back as well then? <laughs> but, but who's you know who's, who's really probably seen the, the best of his career? I mean, if he's leaving Cardiff, it's because he isn't good. He isn't good enough for them. You know, yeah. is he really? Put, I mean, allegedly, what is he 30? I don't know. I think he could be older than that now. I'll check it. Um, Ian, your thoughts on the Marlon Pack coming back, which I think is more than likely uh, reading between the lines. Uh, he wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, do I think it's a step forward? No. Um, it's probably part of a plan to. Uh, at least stay in this division, and it might do that. But that, I think that's as high as our uh, as our our um, sights are set. But you're looking at another two players. If you said Corey Smith and Marlon Pack, you're looking at another two players who don't get goals and assists or don't get very many. No. Um, so I mean, I think Corey Smith scored, scored two or three goals for us all the time he was here. I know he got the one against Man United, but um, and the other two, I think he got in a Mickey in a, in a game, game at Cheltenham. Cheltenham. No, it was in a game at Cheltenham. Look, his, his, well, look, his, um, yeah. his, his um, Marlon, Marlon Pack was 31 in March. There you go. So he's 32 next birthday. And Marlon Pack's yeah. played nearly just short of 500 games. And he scored the grand total. In fact, in all competitions, 562 games, the grand total of um, 34 goals. So he's a one in 17 from a midfield goal scoring uh, perspective. Um, but if he does come, We've then got a tree midfield trio because he's not going anywhere. Joe Williams, Matt James, and Marlon Pack it doesn't exactly make you excited, does it? And then because the only thing that Pearson has done that does seem to work is having uh, the, the the WSM combo up front, and we'll assume that Semenyo stays. You know, it it's going to be same old, same old, isn't it? Do, what what do you think, Mark? I think yeah. I mean, I think the problem is the the, the bright the bright lights of this season have been the emergence of Alex Scott, who played far more games than any of us expected, but he's played a lot out of position, and he's you know he's, he hasn't done badly having to play right wing back, but we really want to see him play in the centre. And Semenyo, um, you know, despite being injured at the start of the season, came back strongly, scored yeah. two superb goals at Fulham just to show what he can do with you know with both with both feet. Incredible, but there's no glue in that side to hold everything together. It's the midfield that's the big, big, big problem. Uh, well, it's the midfield's me. a problem. It's the midfield that's a problem if it continues to be a two, whichever way. Yeah, but well, it's, it. I mean, it's, like, I, like I said, can we can we afford what is essentially a three-four-three formation when we concede 77 goals if we're playing with, with three at the back? I don't. I don't think so because we and we're just not strong enough in midfield to utilize, to to hold on possession and then utilize the wing backs today. They're just saying so far back. It's untrue. They got more ball in the second half, but that was only because because Huddersfield basically were in second gear. They just sat in in a very tight shape, let us come on to them, and then just robbed. You know, just took the just went out and had a few counter attacks. Yeah. Just yeah. conserved energy. Um, you know. It's like rope a dope, wasn't it? In in, in a way, yeah. but it's yeah, yeah that's but, that's it. The midfield, you can't, you just can't keep playing that that you know that passive it, type it, of football. Yeah, Ian Mark just used the term there, shape, 
which again comes back to identity yeah we don't yeah. look compact we're we're loose you know we're I should say we're not very good. The league position would suggest that, but it's back. You use the term not well coached. And you would think that with two mm. defenders leading all the coaching, yeah, that compact would be one label that you could put on us, wouldn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, they need to be good coaches. Um, and Nigel Pearson has said up front, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot of coaching, he doesn't deal with agents. Um, I, I just, you know, because Corey Smith was uh, mentioned and it's mentioned on Twitter today, I thought I'd just look, look up his, his stats. Uh, 348 games, six goals. So he's not going to set the world alight. But he has, he has played 48 times, including 23 subs as Swansea, without scoring. Uh, and we know that he's a, he's a terrier in midfield. Um, and, and, so given and a choice of Corey Smith or Marlon Packey, and if you had a choice... And they're similar age, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, he's thirty-one. All right, same age as Marlon. All right, if you got a choice of the two, and you could bring one back but not both, who would it be? Oh gosh. Um, because he can play as a holding midfield player, it would probably be Marlon Pack. All right, and but you concur it, with I, that I view, Mark? Really, I, I really wouldn't want either of them back. To be perfectly honest, I think it'd be a retrograde. No, it's, it's a retrograde step. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. but Marlon can pass the ball. I don't know whether he's still still got that ability. I mean, been it, been it Cardiff. I mean, Cardiff. You think they wouldn't? You know, they. I mean, they've been known for the last few players for bypassing midfield and getting it to, getting it to, um, you know, to wing backs and and you know, do a Rotherham style and 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 then they bring in, they bring the cavalry in, wouldn't they? And players like Zahori to to, to chase that to chase down down the ball, which is why I was always. Surprised that Bobby Reed went there. That obviously took his career back a season or two. But yeah, I mean, it, they're both over over thirty. I mean, it just seems like I mean, what 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 um, Nigel's done this season is the old boys' network. You know, bringing in James and King and and, and Danny Simpson, which was it was actually completely waste of time. He wasn't good yeah. enough for his last season. Yeah, no. no so no. James and James and Masengo. You could get younger, hungrier players who are just chopping around. It doesn't mean you've got to yeah. spend a lot, a lot of money. Well, no, you've no, got to I find mean, these gems. But they've got to be, like Ian said, they've got to be coached better. That is the yeah. problem. They've got to go out on the pitch and be instilled with that confidence and, and that aggression, focused aggression, to yeah. you know, to be able to tackle properly. And, and look at look at look at um, Huddersfield's shape today. They you know going up and down uh, in in bands, squeezing the space. You know that sort of uniformity. Yeah, but it's organisation. That's the difference. It is, it's we just don't work like that. Yeah, but now Briss Red has said on here. Both. It all comes down. Sorry, Briss Red has said on the tape. All comes down to budget, and we simply don't have one. Well, Huddersfield don't have a budget. Luton don't, don't have a budget. Luton don't have a budget. Luton don't have a budget. You know, there's there's lots of clubs that don't that have comparable budgets to us. And you're right. If you compare us with the Fulhams, the Bournemouths, and the Sheffield Uniteds of this world. Yeah, then they have budgets that blow ours out of the water. Yeah, well, they would love have... to. They would love to. They would love our, our our match day revenue. They would love to play in in uh, in training facilities like we've got, but they still manage to you know to get yeah. to get in the playoffs. So this they, is know, this is a bloody red herring. Convention. This this is a red herring. So you, all this stuff. Yeah, it's all about desire. Think, do you think the two of you, the Dan Bentley, Thomas Callas, Antoine Semenyu? Andy Boyman, 
Chris Martin wouldn't get in Luton's side because I think they would. No, so I think you're right. What's wrong with us? Coaching. So what's wrong with there you us? go. Yeah, I think yeah. So coaching. Think, you know, do you think Millwall would say no to Antoine Semenyo and Andy Vyman? No, nope. they wouldn't. No, do you think they'd say no to Tim Closer and uh, Callas. Even, no, no. I mean that's what pundits even, been saying this Robert week, recently. Well, and look at, and look our strikers. And look at, and look at Blackpool when we went the up there. I, the point I made it, is we're a worst. We're we're a worst team. Normally, you say um, the sum. Uh, or the team's greater than the sum of the parts, but we're the opposite. Yeah, we've got some good parts, but we haven't got the right team. Now, for me, that's, there's down to two things. One is injuries, and that they they still haven't been under control. Been better this season, it's true, but better than what? And 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 we still haven't got that coaching. There isn't. You don't look at us and think, oh well, all right, we're a counter-attacking team, but. You've got to be able to do the other thing because if you're a counter-attacking team and the other team comes and sits in, what, what do you both do? Leave the ball on centre circle, ignore it? So yeah. we need, uh, on going back to the players I said we should sign, that's why I said we need two really good central midfield players. At least it will be a holding player and a creative player. So a Khalifa Cissé and, and a Tinian, if you will, for City players but possibly a second one as well. And I haven't got a problem with all of the central midfield players uh, going out. And I'm calling Ben Aroos and Scott tens as opposed yeah, to no, central right. midfield Yeah, no, you're right. And, and Ian, Ian, you call them tens, but the manager's insistence on playing Chris Martin dictates, right, that, and if he's still got Semenyo and Vyman as well, his insistence mm-hmm. on playing that means that we start next season, because Alex Scott can't play in a two, we start next season with... You know, um, Scott out the side. Okay, he's got to prove himself. He's proved that he can play right wing back to a reasonable standard, right? But he's, you know, but if 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 Scott starts, Pearson has to change the shape of the side, doesn't he? If he's playing in the middle, if he's playing in the middle, yeah. I mean, well, but, but he's signing. To, I mean, everybody yeah. knows we're signing a right back or a right wing back. Call it what you will. Yeah, I mean, they're two very different types of uh, player. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. if that position is gone, where does Alex Scott play without disrupting what you could argue has been the the the, the main focal point of positivity, which is a free scoring uh, forward line? Yeah, to the, I mean, to, I mean, to, to yeah, the detriment yeah, of the defence and the what have you. Well, you 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 said it yourself. You could leave Chris Martin out and you could play Boyman and Semenyo up front, and there, that gives you your ten. Who's yeah. and it all yeah. or you can go more defensively and play with uh, uh, but three but three in midfield's key when th- you haven't got a two this good enough and yeah. we haven't I, and I'm, I've seen it I've said it all season I've seen it all season and it's always said oh well we had two in midfield when we beat Hull but you can, you've you've got to judge it on the totality of the games. Yeah, you know, it's like and the context of the opposition. I mean, you listen. Some of the stuff I heard after the last five games, you're going to finish top six for that team next season. Yeah, some of the nonsense I hear. What do you think about Pearson now, then? Right. Yeah. Well, you well you knew Ian that when we the difference between between Poland and 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 uh, uh, and and Huddersfield, well, they were light years different. They just don't give you the time to, 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 to give you the time on the ball. They're a lot more compact. 
and it was you know there was there was no what we had to pass the ball better we had to be stronger in the tackle even when we win the first ball we were losing the second ball today and, and that was embarrassing yes and you, you yeah, i mean what what was interesting how does phil move from side to side so it was like um to negotiate through traffic sometimes we would push atkinson and cundy or closer up the pitch but they were there's about six Huddersfield players around them. Uh, so, you know, it was a complete waste of time. They just got marooned, didn't they, when they went into attack? Like the city didn't find any space. No. Yeah, All right, well look, we've 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 done we've done the mid we've done the midfield to death really. And when you look at how many players we had at the start of this season, there was about nine in there, which included Backinson and Naj, and I think we shunted Callum O'Dowder into the forward playing uh, bracket, but midfield is absolutely the problem. Uh, I think it was you, Mark, who mentioned leadership, lack of. Um, we do have a leader out on the pitch. And if I've read correctly or it's true, that person, Tim Kloss, has signed for a year. That's a good signing. And we have a captain in Tim Kloss. Would you agree there, Mark? How, did, where did you Mark read that, Dave? I think he's signed. He's been. I think he's been offered something. Well, let's assume that he is. All right. Ah, no, ah, there's offered. He hasn't signed. No, he hasn't. As far as I know. All right. Okay. Let's assume that he signs. Right. <laughs> right. But Kloss, Mark, you would say, would fill that leadership role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he if he wants it, I don't know if he's been a captain anywhere else. But the guy is just he, he he's he's unruffled. Uh, manages the game quite well. Doesn't doesn't dive in. I mean, last week, even though we were cruising at five nil. There was no way he was going to let you know any hold forwards and in, in, in you know win, win balls in the eighteen yard box. His, his work rate was exemplary, and I think he's been a you know he's been a really good really good signing. And you know if we turned it around, I think only conceded up to before today we conceded three goals in the last five games and scored scored eleven. So you know we we stopped the rot to some to some extent. So I definitely offer him a new contract. I think he's thirty-four next year, but I think he's got another season in those legs at least. So, yeah, yeah I think that's that. That's, that's a good. You know, one. That's a good signing. Yeah, a good one if we get him, uh, Ian. Yes, but if we don't, there are no what, leaders. What there are no natural leaders in that team, are there? What if he wants two years? Mm. You giving him well, a two-year contract? Yeah, I think so. So we've, had older play- we've had older players in him playing for us. A.D. Williams. Uh, uh, was it A.D. Williams? Not A.D. Williams, was it? Crew Williams. Uh, who was that guy Williams that played on in the middle, the defender? We've had some old defenders. The ex-Swansea and Everton, the Welsh guy. Christ, I can't remember him. A couple of seasons ago. Been before the- no, two seasons ago. We had a, he played the Welsh oh, international Ash- Ashley Williams. Ashley yeah, Williams. Ashley yeah. Williams, yeah. but yeah. that didn't go, yeah, but that didn't go well, did it? Well, no, but I think he was a bit older. Look, I mean, okay, you you're, you you said what if we what if he wants a two year deal? I yeah. personally, I would be minded to to give him a two year deal, yeah, because he's he's not he's he's an athletic guy, he's yeah, and he's had a positive impact on the team. And if you had a choice of Tim, <laughs> this is kind of court controversy. If you had a choice of Tim Kloss or Callas, yeah, in your starting lineup. Callas every time. Would you? Yeah. What about you, Mark? Oh, yeah, Christ. Well, yeah. There's, I think there's no, there's no question. 
But um, right, well, we could know, line up I... next season. We could line up next season with Callas and Close as, as two of a three, and then you've got. Well, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Callas back. I'd love to see Nathan Baker back. I mean, Callas is probably one of our saleable assets. Um, if he, you know, we spent eight million on him, probably might, you know, if we were lucky, we get we get half that. If there was a possible buyer, maybe not, maybe not in England, but abroad. If anybody's got any money. But yeah, I'd, I'd have him in my uh, in my back back three every time, and him and him and closer. Um, I think closer plays plays in the middle. Callas on the left. So what that leave you with? Leave you with Cundy. No, Callas Callas would always Kallas play on the Pete. right. Callas sorry, Callas on the right, and then Atkinson on the left, or Idaho, or assume, Nathan Baker, assume, or assuming. Yeah. You're assuming you played a three, and what you've got to look at. This is what I mean about we need to know who we've got because I did a little bit of working out this week. So we've got six centre backs currently. We've got our first team: Closer, Cundy, Atkinson, Callas, Moore, and Baker. Okay. Now we don't know what's happening with Baker. The, the rumours persist that he's going to have to retire, but nothing's been said. Moore got thrown under the bus and shoved up to Hearts. Um, and the other four there. Now, of those, Callas is out of contract uh, next summer. A lot of stuff's been said about um, Han, but we ought to be talking to Thomas about, all right, is he going to sign a new contract? If not, we've got to be looking to move him out. If we can get an offer of around, say, four million, something like that with a post-COVID Yeah, can I just uh, jump in market? on that? Sorry, I just want to jump in. You're talking about Callas, because the thing is, he's had, he's missed the last, what is it now, 10 games of the season. So he's had surgery, mm-hmm. right? He's really yeah. got to commit to us. Otherwise, right? Or if we want to offer him, yeah, he's got to commit to us. Otherwise, you know, he'll start off next season. First few games are going to be a period of rehab, getting him back into the pace and what have you. And then if he doesn't sign a contract, he's gone for nothing. Yeah. And that's an eight and a half million player yeah. gone for nothing next summer, isn't it? He'll have a, yeah, but yeah, no, Dave, don't forget, he'll have a pre-season. Yeah. So... Yeah, and he was what he had was only described. It was described by Nigel Pearson as a, a minor procedure. All so, right. you know, so I, I don't. It's, and don't forget we've got a we've got a World Cup coming up. Um, and is it or Huddersfield are um, the Czech Republic in the World Cup? Mark, are the Czech the Republic Cup? in the World Cup? Not that I know of. No, I don't think they they made it. Right. But there's some talk okay. of Semenyo playing for Ghana in June. Yeah. Um, That's why Chris so, Hewton was at the game last weekend, apparently. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of players. There's 15 players out of contract in the summer. And Masengo in Calas and Bentley into Silva uh, are four of them. You're talking and about we, summer there, next there are, year. Summer next summer year. 20, summer 23. Now... We've got to think about that because their value, by the time January of, of uh, 23 comes around, their value is going to be half, if that. Yeah, third. So third of what it is if you sell them today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so that's something. Obviously, you've got to have the bids. But um, my most likely one out the door of the players we want to keep uh, would be Antoine Semenyo because they're, you know, you read all this clickbait crap. Uh, you know, and, and it, I love the words they use. They're tracking him, they're eyeing him, they're weighing up a bid, uh, and the numbers just go up. I mean, Semenyo's value went up five million in twenty-four hours on Twitter, and and this is, you know, this is clickbait sites. Let's let's, you know, 
call them what they are, but all, all these clubs that are supposed to be circling. Now, the problem is you get a young lad like that, and this is all going to be little men running around in his head, which is probably the same as been happening with Masengo when he's reading all Freiburger interested in, you know, other clubs and all the rest of it. So I, I think it's very difficult to say what we're going to do next season until we're clearly established, right, OK, who's going to be here at the start yeah. of next season? Um, we know this season hasn't been acceptable. Uh, I, I certainly don't think it has. Um, and I don't think we've made enough progress when you compare us to the likes of Luton, Nottingham Forest, um, Millwall and, Coventry. And, and Huddersfield. And, and Huddersfield it's... and Millwall, yeah. Millwall and Coventry. Yeah. So... And those clubs aren't haven't got massive amounts of money. No. So well, we talked and, about and the money. Yeah. Well, if you look at Millwall in Luton's attendances, what are they averaging? Somewhere between well, nine and two thirds. Yeah, they're half, not far short. They're 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 half of ours, slightly more than half of ours. They get sixty percent. Luton, yeah, they just haven't got the. I mean, they play in a rackety old ground, Luton, don't they? Have they? Have well, they that got, was so the they, question. They're they building a new one. They're. Yes, their new ground comes online next year, and it's just off. Jun- I think it's just off Junction Twelve or Thirteen of the M1, because as, as you know, I used to live up that way. There we go. Yeah, I mean Nathan Jones. I mean they play, they play play nice football, but they got into the playoffs and they've had terrible injury problems uh, recently. So just getting over the line was was difficult. Have you so, seen you know, that goal they scored? Them. Have you seen that goal they scored against Reading today? No, I haven't. What was the it goalkeeper? Like? The goalkeeper is down that end where we always go, that horrible little end behind the goal in people's yeah. back garden. And the goalkeeper just sort of throws the ball down like Benley does, rolls it forward, and he doesn't see the bloke behind him who just runs from behind him and rolls <laughs> past him and knocks it into the net. It's classic, absolute classic. Um, so retain list, uh, Ian Mark, when's the retain list out? I don't know, but it's got to be soon, isn't it? The yeah. uh, with this should new be. season starting in July, Ian, do you know? Yeah, should be next. Should be next week. Now, you think... they, they'd always wait for the season to be finished and yeah. then send it out as a. Although, so who is out of said... contract? Let's remind us all who's out of contract. Right, hang on Callum a second. Let me just write. Uh, Callum O'Dowder, Louis Britton, who they said is already gone. Cundy, uh, mm-hmm. closer, and um, bum bum bum. Gundy, closer, Britain. Um, I think that's it. I, w- I will. Yeah. I will double. Hang on a minute. I will. Let me just double check for you. I'll, I'll go to my out of contract. Yeah. So Wally, Wally is Wally is doing that. Mark, do you think? Do talk you think about, we'll talk get out yourself? Yeah, Mark. Do you think <laughs> we'll get out and do business early? Because one of the best seasons we ever had was the start of the 2014-15 promotion season when Steve Cottrell went out and signed up basically four or five players that pretty much got us to where we were that season. They all went on the pre-season tour, or do you think it's going to be typical Bristol City? You know, we'll still be building the squad when the transfer deadline window is about to slam shut at the end of uh, August. You'd hope that we'd start moving quickly, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think they look to identify identify targets now. Uh, I mean, if it's... If it's you know uh, in the Premier League, perhaps under twenty-three players, they would have to look at you know retained lists for players that become available. Um, where where it's transferred, I think you know we're just going to look for players out of con- out of contracts or for for minimum fees because we haven't got any money. That so that will depend on whether we can actually trade any any players. Uh, if anybody wants wants to buy them, you know your uh, your Naki Wells. Uh, Casey Palmer's place, you know, 
uh, Taylor Moore. That's you know, would they let would they let him go? Zach Viner, you know, can you would John let those players go go for nothing if you don't don't want them yeah. anymore? But uh, yeah. I just you know, I think we're shop, we're shopping in the basement. League League One League One standard players, and you know maybe uh, you know players who aren't wanted. Yeah. You know Premier Premier League young the, players. The, the player I don't I think he's going to change his stance on loans, is he? Well, that's the another player thing I missed was was Andy Andy King was the yeah. player I, I missed. So uh, this this summer, Britain Cundy King O'Dowda, who has a one year option, that we may or that's may our option though, isn't it? It is our option, um, and um, and Tim Closer. So we know that yeah. Cundy and Closer have been offered new contracts. We haven't heard that the others have, so I'm taking it they're going. The following season, we got 15 out, yeah. and and that includes uh, De Silva, Callas, Martin, Masengo, Wells, Bentley, yeah. Palmer, Saikujana, Zach Viner. and we got a lot of young, well Taylor Moore. Although we got a one year option on Taylor, Max O'Leary. And Antoine yeah. Semenyo is out, but we've got a one-year option. And Nathan yeah. Baker's out, and Tyreek Backinson's out. So, who I, I think? No, there's a be, lot. There'll be there's a lot. They'll be gone. There's a lot. So let's let's pitch, let's pitch this in there. Um, knowing the financial shit that we're in, what's the likelihood of one of uh, Scott or Semenyo going? Because in the last few weeks, you know, I think because of interviews, Alex has said. I think you know I'll do be better off here next season than sitting on the bench of a of, you know of a of a, of a, of a uh, higher of a higher team. Do we do we think either of them will go in the summer for, for, for if we get the right? They're not going to go on the cheap because we're not going to let them go. You know all this stupid paper talk. But if we get I a, think, a good I offer, think we'll Semenyo, take I think Semenyo is more gone. likely to because Scott hasn't had the chance to blossom in what is his true position be that as a 10 as Ian says and I agree with him or in midfield so what do jury... we value Semenyo at what do, what, what do we value at and what's our uh, what's our glass ceiling on, on uh, Antoine 20 million I think if somebody offered us 15 for him he'd gone but I'm more worried about somebody offering us about 8 for Andy Vyman but there we go. Anyway, look, it's all going to be happening in the next few weeks. Uh, how, which of, did either of you guys watch uh, Man City Real Madrid the other day? No, but I, wa- yeah, I, I was watching it on text, last, and it, it, I, 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 I sent a text to the BBC, and, and it didn't get read. I said that Real Madrid were like the football equivalent of Rocky Balboa, keeping it knocked down on the canvas several times, yeah. and always it was, came up with it, a knockout punch. It was so Bristol City that Man City last ten minutes, wasn't it, Ian? Eh? I mean, it just shows it can happen yeah, well, to I far mean, better teams than us. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, if you think Real Madrid were 3-0 down at the Bernabeu against uh, Chelsea. And, yeah. And they came, they came back to get enough yeah. goals to win it on aggregate. But going back yeah. to players in and out, uh, players we've been linked with already, two right wing backs, Mark Sykes at Oxford, Kane Wilson, Forrest Green, both out of contract. Mm. I Elliot thought Moore we dropped out with Kane Wilson recently. Or was that... No. We, we back in again. No. Elliot... Elliot Moore at Oxford, who's a six foot five centre back, who's played for Pearson twice, so he's definitely coming because he's ex Leicester and he played for him at Leuven, the belt yeah. Leuven. Marlon Pack was one that, that was linked also, but looking at players out, uh, likely Masengo, Viner, Moore, and Backinson, uh, and all those, all four are under contract, so that'll need some, some doing. Uh, Palmer and Wells for financial reasons. So yeah. that would be six. And I think O'Dowda, Brittany King. 
So that would be nine, uh, ten if Nathan Baker is forced to retire. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a minimum that will be going out the door. And if that happens, I think we'll bring in um, four or five players. But the, the thing we've got to get is, you, you, I'm assuming with that, that Closer and Cundy are signing new contracts. So we'll, we'll, but but if they don't, we'll probably have to bring in one or two centre backs, particularly yeah. if if we let um, Zach, but if we let Zach Viner out the door. Yeah, well, Zach could even end up going to uh, another team that's not a million miles away from us. Um, as we're speaking, we're recording this on Forest Saturday Green. evening. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're recording this on uh, we're recording this on Saturday evening, and um, you know it's not been a good week for Manchester football. Well. United did beat Brentford, but um, as we write this, Man United are losing four nil at uh, Brighton. And when so you bear it, in mind, you'd make, you make you think that they're not trying, wouldn't it? Well, it would. I mean, about four <laughs> years was it? Family, was it about four or five years ago when Brighton had guaranteed promotion? We went up there and uh, we beat them. We 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 sport their party a bit, didn't we? That seems we did. Josh Brownell scored, didn't they? I think that was. When that you look was, at Brighton, uh, though, I mean, you've yeah. been down to the With Dean Stadium, Ian, haven't you? It was a long time ago now, but when you look at Brighton, yeah, you know, poxy little club a few years ago, uh, similar ambitious owner to our own, but um, you know, I think uh, he did, the guy it, he did runs, it right. He's got he's got the right amount of buying. For and it took them years to get planning permission for Farmer, didn't it? They had to go. I know. They had to go to the government and everything, get special but, rulings. You know, but stuck fair in play. There. Fair play to Brighton. You know, we talk about, you know, the, the height of ambition for us. We want to be a Brighton or a Burnley. We want to be in that bottom third of the Premier League. And it seems, sadly, uh, to finish with today, match 46, uh, 21st defeat of the season. Getting back up to there seems a million million miles away. Ian and Mark, thank you as always. We'll probably have a couple of little chats uh, over the upcoming uh, summer break. Uh, I'll probably get oh, a few Dave, uh, views. Dave, can others. I just, yeah? Dave, oh, can I just mention word, something that I, I, yeah. I promised I did? Um, it's it's to do with Matt Parsons at Bristol City, who for yeah. every away game, uh, they've done 23 away games, 17 charities, uh, they've they've visited twenty shelters and they've given out a thousand meals. Yeah, um, and well, that's play. something that our that our club are absolutely brilliant at and need to be applauded for doing because not everybody does it. Um, and and I think that and and you know and they do this selflessly. There's it's not like these people are city fans. They're going to say there's nothing in it for them. Uh, and obviously, I like the stuff that. Uh, Hanoa does for the community and yeah. other players. No, he's a good lad. Well. So he's is, is, he's a decent. Right. He's a decent human, to use a phrase. And a bit, Briss read okay. one of his comments here. He's been interacting with us uh, this evening, so thanks for that. And we were talking about Millwall, Luton, and Coventry, probably Huddersfield as well. And he said these clubs have identity, stable management, except what they are. We have neither. We've gone from pillars to clubs in the bag. Our strategy changes. And what is it now exactly? Apparently, we were a club that others look at. Obviously, how not that, to do it? And I think he's not a million miles well, away that with is that a, comment either. Yeah, well, that is a top top class comment. And and I always remember what a manager uh, said to me, a former Bristol City manager. I'll tell you, it was it was Derek McInnes said to me. I said, "What do people think of Bristol City away from Bristol?" And he said. Um, what do they think about Bristol? Bristol's a nice place to live, and they can do the money. 
I said, yeah. what we have out of football? He said, never, he said, never gets mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, I, I heard Alan... a story about Clarence McGuinness as well. I, I don't know whether this was true. You might have heard this, Ian. You know, he used to go in the supporters club bar before the game and I used to read the team out. Um, years ago, in the Dol- when we were near the Dolman, apparently Derek McGuinness would do that in about eight bars at St Johnston. You know, he'd go do that before the game or something like that. I don't know whether that's an urban myth or he or he, or he did yeah. that. He visited no, the true. bars before a game. Because yeah. I, I went to St Johnston on the, when Bristol City had a pre-season tour up to Scotland. We went to St Johnston and, and and we were all in there. It was it was really um, it was really good. Um, just a quick cut and final comment on here. Someone's on here blaming it all on Mark Ashton. Well, what you've got to look at, who employed Mark Ashton? Yeah. Right. That that's what you've got to look at. You know, you but stops there. Uh, but Ian, you're right. You're absolutely right. The bus stops there. Yeah. And he's been he didn't employ he's himself. been strangely silent. He he's been strangely silent this end of season. I don't know if Jeff's gonna get him on, but uh, Richard Gould is is I th- I think that's one good appointment we made. I think Richard Gould is a safe pair yeah. of hands. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, we do need a director of football. You rightly pointed out that, or a head of recruitment, you rightly pointed out that that's a gap. Pearson doesn't want to do it. Pearson doesn't want to do loans. All right, this is his summer now, and he's basically got between now and the end of, uh, before we break for the World Cup, I think, to prove whether he is the man that's going to deliver the three-year plan or or yeah, not. I agree. Guys, thanks for your can contribution. Can I just say one thing? Oh. Just say thank you to all our listeners, you know, people who've downloaded the podcast. Yeah. We, we do we do this voluntarily. It, sometimes you, you don't maybe don't think we're, we're as positive as we want to be, but we try and reflect the game the best that we see it. And, yeah. and we talk about the good points when they are there. We, we love Bristol City. We've got fantastic. We've got the best fans in the world. We're always yeah. going to say that. And uh, we just want the team and to we succeed. Always, like we always do. want we us. We want us to do. We want us to do well. You know, I think next season is season number fifty-six for me. Yes, I renewed, and I'm sorry if I'm Nick. Somebody's seat was in W14 <laughs> at the lower Lansdowne. They didn't get off the mark. But I was in there like a ferret on a drain pipe uh, the day after the uh, band. They told me you were in the upper circle. No, no, I'm now. I am now sat in row thirteen of W. 14, if that's the middle block, so I'm quite close to the uh, trainer's uh, dugout there, so I'll be able to hear what uh, Mr. Pearson's saying uh, next yeah, season, because he so will, if I he see will be a bucket and sponge, that and might, I, that'll be me, and I do wish him the best, I do wish him the yeah. best, I just wish today that we'd ended, we'd scraped a nil-nil draw, a scrappy nil-nil draw, just to keep that end of season run going. Yeah, and okay, as Max Jack said on OTIB, you know, certain people were creaming themselves. You alluded to that as well, Ian, that you know, we have this good little run and oh, everything's all right for next season. A lot of work to be done, hell of a lot of work to be done, and it really starts on Monday uh, when they are back and obviously doing their end-of-season fitness registration and everything like that. Uh, good, good luck to Hanoa Masengo. Apologies if some might have felt I was being a bit harsh because he is a nice lad and we hope to see his career blossom, but it's not going to be at Ashton Gate. 
but at least he's been given games. He's been given minutes on the field. But anyway, thanks again, as you say, for all the listeners. This episode should take us past 80,000 downloads. Really pleased about that as well. And we'll be back. We'll be doing some stuff during the summer, uh, but we'll be back on the uh, opening day of the season, which is short, close season, because the opening game is on July the 30th. Maybe do a couple of friendlies if there are any, and the fixtures are out in uh, June. Uh, by then, we hopefully might have done some transfer activity as well. But everybody, thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for your support, and in the main, positive comments as well. All the best, everybody. Cheers. Bye. God bless. Cheers. Take care, Ian. Cheers, Davis. Stay Cheers, safe. Bye. 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 TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you're still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.